Hello, and welcome to the Book Speaks podcast, where the book speaks for itself. I'm your host, Benjamin Douglas, and this is the show where each week I read a chapter from a different indie author. Thanks for joining me for today's reading. Hello, readers and writers alike. Thank you for joining me, your host, Benjamin Douglas, for episode number 42 of the Book Speaks podcast, where the book speaks for itself. Hey, got a great show for you today. I'm going to be reading from a YA fantasy by indie author H.C. Harrington. Uh, But before we do, I want to mention a couple things. First off, this is the first show of 2018 here on uh, Saturday, the 13th of January. So um, thanks for giving me a break and <laughs> letting me take a couple of weeks off. I took two weeks off for the um, winter holidays. And uh, if that seems odd to you, I would, I would give no excuse, but only the reason that um, the American school schedule is really in my DNA <laughs> because my mother was an elementary teacher. And I, after, bless my heart, <clears throat> number of years in earning my undergraduate and my master's degrees and completing coursework for my doctoral degree, uh, have been fairly institutionalized. <laughs> by college, (laughs) university. So uh, about a week or two before Christmas, my brain and body just quit everything. (laughs) And I completely turn off from work, whatever that is, for like two to four weeks. And I just turn on to family and getting as much rest as I can. So uh, I have no qualms at all in, in admitting that for the past two weeks, I haven't recorded a single minute of the show, and I haven't written as much as I should either, but I have caught up on all my favorite Netflix originals. <laughs> so refilling the creative well, right, as they say. Anyway, I'm back. And um, I'm happy to be here, and I'm glad you're here with me for the 42nd episode of the show. So on to H.C. Harrington, uh, who um, I'm going to begin by reading his Amazon author bio, as always. H.C. Harrington is the author of the epic fantasy series Daughter of Havenglade. His recent work includes Daughter of Havenglade, Black Dragon Deceivers, the Night Thief, and the soon-to-be-released Blood Cauldron. H.C. graduated from the University of Nevada, Reno, with a Bachelor of Arts in Anthropology and History. After putting a hold on summertime archaeological digs in the Sierra Nevadas, H.C. moved to Chengdu, China, to study Chinese language and culture. Along the way, he's visited or lived in over a dozen different countries. His hobbies include traveling, writing stories, reading anything he can get his hands on, backpacking, and trying new things. All right, very nice. That's H.C. And sorry, H.C., I chuckled there because, yeah, I guess um, I hope traveling is a hobby of yours (laughs) since you... Are you currently living in China? It sort of sounds that way. I don't know, of course, how up-to-date your Amazon author bio is, but that's pretty cool either way. 
Um, good. So looking at his Amazon author page, I'm seeing two books right away. The uh, Daughters of Haven Glade is book one in the Daughters of Haven Glade series. And Blood Dragon Deceivers is book two in the same series. Today I'll be reading uh, a large chunk of the first chapter from that first book, Daughters of Havenglade. Not the entire chapter, just for time. I'm reading about 20 minutes, um, which is about as much as I usually read. So up to a logical section break. And, you know, uh, I sort of misspoke. I called it a YA fantasy. That's a little unfair because uh, H.C. himself calls it epic fantasy. I'm looking at the book's rankings, and it looks like it's ranking in Coming of Age, Sword and Sorcery, and Epic Fantasy. So the coming of age angle is, I think, what I was referring to, and the fact that the um, protagonist, at least in the chapter that I read, is fairly young. So um, anyway, uh, it's got nice reviews, a nice high four-star review spread out over a number of reviews, but (laughs) this is the Book Speaks podcast, where the book will do the speaking, not the reviews. So anyway, um, I'm going to go ahead now and read the blurb that is the Amazon book description that H.C. put up for Daughter of Havenglade. A sinister wizard. A mysterious teacher. A kingdom on the brink of collapse. In the ancient kingdom of Havenglade, a brutal enemy is ravaging the countryside, making his way closer to Gradur Castle. An aging king seeks protection from a council of loyal wizards. A peasant girl finds herself at the center of it all after bonding with a magical crystal and absorbing its magical essence. After losing her parents, Lorena was given the chance of a lifetime to study wizardry under the mysterious and renowned teacher Unai. Can she learn to harness the powers inside her before it's too late? All right, so there's the book blurb. And um, Lorena, the the peasant girl who bonds with the crystal, is uh, the protagonist in this first chapter. And you're going to hear the scene where she bonds with the crystal. (laughs) So very exciting. Um, um, Cool. Um, So I encountered H.C. Havenglade uh, on K-boards where I've encountered by far and away uh most most of the authors i've read on this show mostly just because i hang out there a lot let's be honest it's not because that's the only place other people are hanging out and the thing that first drew my eye to him is his covers which are just gorgeous you want to see a couple of really fine lovely illustrated epic fantasy covers go over to hc harrington on amazon and look at his daughter of havenglade um, fantasy series. Just two of them up there so far, but they're just, they're really pretty. The first one's got a couple people on horseback in the foreground facing a castle or a fortress that's silhouetting a mountain. And then the second one, of course, has the obligatory dragon, and it's a pretty sweet dragon, I gotta say. <laughs> it's pretty good looking. Um, so yeah, cool. I myself am um, kind of in a thing right now where I've been reading a lot of science fiction, but I think I'm going to get back into fantasy largely because one of my favorite indie authors who I've mentioned many times on the show, Lindsay Baroker uh, is putting out new fantasy books in her dragon blood universe. But Edward Robertson also is kicking out his last two science fiction novels 
in his sci-fi universe, and I really like those. So I'm a little torn right now between sci-fi and fantasy. (laughs) And I'm a little torn in my writerly aspirations. Likewise, because I started with science fiction, it's going okay. And I've got a couple more projects, including some co-writing in the bag. But I've got some fantasy stuff and some like steampunk fantasy stuff on the horizon, and I'm starting to get an itch to to experiment with it. Got to hold my horses here and slow down. (laughs) Be like H.C. Harrington and just put out a couple of solid books in the same series. Um, Anyway, as always, I want to mention the reading you're about to hear does not come from an official audiobook. It is performed here with the author's permission uh, just by me for the purpose of this show. Thanks, HC. I really appreciate that. If you're listening to the show and you enjoy epic fantasy, coming-of-age fantasy, sword and sorcery, YA fantasy, I definitely recommend checking out these books. He's got two out in the series. Sounds like he's got another in the works. Uh, As I said, beautiful covers, good reviews. Without any further ado, (laughs) here is a reading from the first chapter of Daughter of Havenglade by H.C. Harrington. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Enjoy the reading, and I'll see you back here next week. Daughter of Havenglade, Book One, by H.C. Harrington. Chapter One The woman sat right behind Lorena, but spoke as if she were a million miles away. Losing your mother is never easy, especially for a girl of thirteen. What a shame, the woman said with a grimace on her face. She glanced back at Lorena and spoke as she placed a tender hand on her shoulder. Time heals all wounds, she said. The coachman nodded in silent agreement. Lorena didn't want to think about it, but how could she avoid it? She turned away from the woman and the coachman and hid her face in her hands. The road was bumpy, and it felt like the old wooden coach would fall apart at any moment. That would be the highlight of the day, Lorena thought. The three of us stranded on some old scary road. But they continued on. Lorena's head throbbed with pain and ached with each rock struck by the rickety wooden wheels. A thick, light-colored cloth covered the coach, blocking the wind. There were flaps that could be tied open to act as windows. She untied one, opened the flap, and then tied it at the top. Light flooded in, and the passing trees left shadowy patterns on the opposite side of the coach. She sat in front of the opening and gazed out at the terrain. She focused on the distant mountains with their snow-capped peaks. I'd like to see a nice snowfall someday. I might have to live closer to those mountains, though. Maybe that's where we're going. They could at least tell me if Torba is near the mountains. I guess it doesn't matter. 
The woman put her hand on Lorena's shoulder again and whispered in her ear, Would you like to eat something? You must be hungry. When did you last eat? Lorena sat up and rested her shoulders against the back of the seat. If I eat now, I might get sick. The road's too bumpy, she said, trying to keep her eyes on the distant mountain range. She noticed her hands shaking and pulled her sleeves down to hide them. She stole a glance back at the woman, who smiled at her too emphatically. Lorena wondered how she felt being tasked with escorting a strange child across the countryside. Let me know if you change your mind, and I'll dig out some dried fruits and bread for you, the woman said. Lorena smiled back at her. Thanks, ma'am. She stayed quiet for a long time, trying not to think about anything, but it was no use. Her mind kept returning to the events three days earlier, when her mother had attempted to kill her. "'Why do you want to do this so late?' the old wizard asked while scratching the back of his head. Lorena's mother was looking in the opposite direction, but turned to face him. I was holding off on letting her bond with the crystal because I was afraid, her mother said. You know most of us don't understand magical things as well as you wizards do. I, I thought about it, and I don't want to hold her back any more. Her father recently passed on. Her face was paler than usual, and as she pursed her lips together, she continued, Her father was magically inclined, albeit not enough to learn wizardly things. He could read emotions so, so clearly. She stopped and momentarily turned her gaze into the shadows of the night, before returning her attention to the old wizard again. Lorena thought they must have stood outside the crystal bonding chamber for a long time, or maybe it felt longer because she had already been bitten by several mosquitoes. But she waited for her mother without complaint. Travilt, you've been a family friend for years. This just can't wait until tomorrow. I might have a change of heart. It needs to be tonight. Her voice rose as she finished. Travilt paused, and he crunched his thick eyebrows together so that they appeared as a single, furry unibrow. He finally spoke up. If I do this, I could be banished. Do you know how serious that is? She answered, We'll be fast, don't worry. No one has been banished from this maker-forsaken land for years. You should be so lucky. Lorena had heard Havenglade had several beautiful cities. But living in the countryside, you often heard the adults complain about the kingdom. Her mother turned toward her. Come on, dear, come inside. It won't be long now. The wizard sighed and shook his head. 
everyone says they want her to begin the training, and this is the first step. Just be quick and quiet in there. I've written the instructions for you. I'm much too old to come into close contact with the crystals for any amount of time. So do it by yourselves, or don't do it at all. Lorena's mother thanked him and passed him a small jug she had been carrying over her shoulder. This is the last mead I'll make before the changing of the seasons. I want you to have it. He slowly reached for it, but hesitated before finally accepting the gift. At least take a drink. I'd like to know how it tastes. As the old wizard smiled, his face grew a warm color. His cheeks flushed enough to be noticeable, even in the evening twilight. I've never been one to turn down good mead. Let's have a taste, shall we? He uncorked the jug, raised it to his mouth, and took a few deep gulps. Yep, my lady, this is good stuff. I guess I'll be resigned to enjoying this while I wait for you to finish inside. Lorena's mother returned to her and motioned for her to follow. Lorena's hands were sweaty and her stomach felt uncomfortable. She wanted to run off into the night, but she didn't know why. Why is she acting like this? She said she doesn't like magic, and now, suddenly, she wants me to bond with a crystal? Something's wrong. I can feel it. I wish my father was here. Mother, I don't want to do it. I'm scared. That should test her. She knows I want to become an enchantress and learn about magic. Her mother bent down to eye level with her daughter. My darling, you have nothing to be afraid of. I'll take care of you. And with that, she resumed speaking with the ancient-looking wizard, who produced a key from his robe. He walked over toward the large gate and spoke words which Lorena couldn't understand. He bowed his head and then inserted the key. It turned with a high-pitched metallic click. The gate slowly opened. Light from inside the cave-like structure began to brighten, seeming to beckon their entry. This was what Lorena wanted. But why had her mother had this change of heart? She thought back to her mother's behavior after her father's funeral. As they were returning home, her mother sobbed as they entered. Lorena didn't cry, but she felt empty inside. Her father was a good man. He might not have had money or been an important person in the kingdom, but he was an honest man. He made his living by making and selling hunting supplies like knives, arrow quivers, and bags for meat packing and he gave instruction on field-dressing various animals. He had some magical essence inside, but he had never been offered a chance to bond with crystals. 
By contrast, Lorena was offered from her childhood, and several locals speculated she would grow to be a powerful woman if her parents gave her the chance to bond with a crystal early enough to begin training. Her father was supportive of this, but wanted her mother's approval as well, which she always delayed. I think she's still too young. It could be dangerous. I'd like her to wait. Lorena's mother often said this to her father when the question arose. Wait, they did. And Lorena forgot for a time. But after her father passed, she remembered and began thinking about it again. I think mother says to wait because she's scared they will take me away to study magic. She doesn't want to lose me. Lorena's mother, who had been sitting in a chair by the window, spoke. Lorena, I think you are ready. We will go to the crystals tonight. Lorena bolted up from her chair. Really? You think I'm ready now? I wish Daddy was here. She thought about her father again and started to cry. The frown on her mother's face turned to rage. Now you're crying? After all this time? Your father died five days ago, Lorena. I hope you're crying because you miss him and not because I gave in on this issue. She shook her head at her daughter. The frown on her face made Lorena feel terrible. She went to her room, hoping for the isolation it might offer her. Lorena continued to cry as she reached her doorway. It's not my fault I didn't cry. Now I feel it. I can't control when I cry, I guess. I don't know. She wiped her eyes and let her body fall haphazardly on her thin cloth sleeping mat. Her mother followed her and stopped just short of her. Put on some fresh clothing. We'll leave after nightfall. She felt strange as they approached the gate. There was something different about tonight. Was it just her mother's change of heart, or something else that made her feel this way? Her mother interrupted her thoughts. You must do as I say inside this chamber. I have the instructions about how to bond with the crystal. Everything should be fine. That is, if you listen to me, no matter how scared you feel. Lorena gave her a wide-eyed look as they continued walking through the entryway. Is there anything to be afraid of in there? She looked up for her mother's reply. It might be a little painful at first. Then you will feel relief and no more worries, my dear. They rounded the corner of the light-drenched hallway, which became brighter as they walked further. The magical crystals lit up as they approached. Mother, I heard that the crystals will bring out my own skills and let me be more like the real me. Father used to say, 
An enchantress is trapped inside of me and wants to be let loose. I think that sounds funny. What do you think? Lorena looked up at her mother with a tooth-revealing smile. Her mother rounded the last corner and stared at the crystals and failed to reply. Lorena entered the crystal room and her mouth dropped open. The room was several times larger than their entire home. The vaulted ceiling couldn't be seen as even with the bright crystal lights it was clouded in darkness. Crystals piled all around the chamber. They were of every shade of color Lorena could imagine. It overwhelmed the senses. She closed and rubbed her eyes. When she opened them, she felt a slight strength come over her, and her heart started beating faster. Dear, the note says first you must choose a crystal, her mother said. Lorena bit her bottom lip. How do I do that? Do I pick the color I like the most? Her mother's forehead furrowed, which made her look much older. It says you will make your choice. Choose the one you feel is best. Lorena turned toward the crystals. She stepped forward and saw the closest cropping of stones had three small ones, their colors being a whitish blue, a ruby red, and a deep emerald green. She had no preference. She closed her eyes and reached forward. Once she felt one in her grasp, she lifted it toward her face and slowly opened her eyes. Brilliant green shined with remarkable clarity. She could now see through it and stared at the other crystals through this amazing green filter. It was fantastic to see all the colors through a green prism. Most of them looked like differing shades of green, but it was still fun to look through. The crystal began to speak, not in any language, but through visions. Shapes appeared inside the crystal, rain and storms, an angry mob of people, and what looked like a small blue flying animal. Then what looked like an older Lorena. But almost as soon as they began, the visions ended. Her mother called out, Quickly, dear! Lorena ran to her side. I want this one. She opened her hand and showed her mother the green crystal resting in her palm. Her mother's face tensed and she clenched her teeth, blinked, and then faced her daughter. Sit down, Lorena. You need to relax. She took the crystal from Lorena and guided her to the ground. A large old book caught her eye. It sat near a candle-laden table. Its surface appeared completely worn away, perhaps by the constant light from the crystals. 
Her mother stared at the crystal intensely. She then pulled out a string from her pocket. Don't worry, honey. I'm going to attach the stone for you so you don't have to hold it. She lifted Lorena's long gown, braced the stone against her daughter's bare thigh, and tightly wrapped the string around till it was bound securely. Mom, I think that's a little too tight. The wizards never said we had to do this. I thought I was supposed to focus on the crystal. Lorena's mother rose from the ground. This is how it has to be. Now close your eyes and focus on the crystal, no matter how much it hurts. Lorena's eyes shot open. Hurt? Why would it hurt? Her heart pounded, and her hands and feet perspired. Just listen to what I'm telling you, okay? We came here to finish this. Mother had a tired look, almost old. It was the first time Lorena had ever thought of her mother as old. Wrinkles were clearly seen under the illumination of the crystal chamber, and a deep sadness in her eyes. She looked away and off into the corner of the room. Mom, are you okay? An uncomfortable pause followed. I was just thinking about your father. Lorena's mother put her head in her hands and sat quietly. They sat there, and several minutes passed. Lorena focused on the stone. She cleared her mind of all the background noise first, isolating each sound, starting with the rustling winds from outside. The crystal chamber was a quiet place. Every sound was quickly nullified in her mind. Then came the hard part. She silenced her own mind. At first it seemed like an impossible task, as once she tried to stop thinking about one thing, she invariably started thinking about another. She wasn't sure how long she concentrated, but she lost her focus when a sharp pain shot up her leg all the way to her neck. It clearly originated from the crystal. Mom, it hurts! Her mother came close and whispered into her ear, Be strong. It will get a little worse, and then it will start to go away. Please be strong. This is what your father wanted. Remember that if you feel pain. Lorena sobbed quietly to herself and endured the pain, which increased in intensity. The terrible sensation felt like fire. It spread over her whole leg and eventually led to a numbing effect, which came as some relief. Her left side and all the way up her neck remained utterly agonizing. She slid down her right side and rolled back and forth on the floor, 
making small humming noises to deal with the pain. What's happening to me? This can't be normal. No one ever said it would feel like this. Maybe because they didn't want to scare me away from taking the magic from the crystal? It's just the way it is. It's too much. Too much for me. It hurts so bad. Dizziness overwhelmed her, and her vision blurred. The room and its many crystals and colors fell in and out of focus. She rolled onto her back and stared up at the ceiling. It was still impossible to see as the room became even darker than before. The crystals were slowly losing their lights, turning off their power. The crystal burning into her leg was brighter than ever, and the green looked almost white. Something's wrong. This concludes another episode of the Book Speaks podcast, where the book speaks for itself. Thanks for joining me, your host, Benjamin Douglas, for another indie author reading. If you liked what you heard, be sure to visit http colon slash slash thebookspeakspodcast.wordpress.com for more episodes and for links to the author's website and the author's Amazon author page in the show notes. If you'd like to follow me on my own author journey, you can find me at http colon slash slash benjamindouglasbooks.wordpress.com And of course, if you're an indie author interested in having your work featured on the show, or if you're interested in discussing having your book read and produced by me as an audiobook, feel free to contact me at benjamindouglasbooks at gmail.com. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you have a productive and enjoyable weekend.